T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What up, y'all? It's your boy Mems, a.k.a. Mr. This Is Why I'm Hot, and right now you're locked into The Jake Brown Show. What's up? This is comedian Jay Nog, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. We're both Jets fans, so please don't hold that against us. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio's played at it. iTunes and Spotify is where you can subscribe. Now called Apple Podcasts. And iTunes is having a midlife crisis as they change from iTunes Podcast to Apple Podcasts. So find us there, rate and review, and follow me at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show on social media. A lot to get into, and a special guest in studio that we'll introduce in just a second is here to my right, a fellow Mets, Jets, Knicks fan in the building. Um, and we'll talk with him, a comedian, Jay Nog, and um, we got a lot to get into. And we, we got to start first off a couple things. First, the NBA playoffs, of course. Um, the Pacers made it interesting in Game One. The Bucks with an upset. Um, the Rockets just derailing the Thunder as the MVP race is a big topic of discussion. The Warriors was close, but they pulled it out. The Clippers lost to the buzzer. To big shot Joe, Joe Johnson. But the big story from the first round of the NBA playoffs right now is Isaiah Thomas. And what a just difficult thing to have to deal with. You you lose your younger sister, your 22-year-old sister, in a five-car accident. It happened Saturday morning at 5 a.m. And 37 hours later, you have to play in game one of the playoff series where your team is the one seed and has all eyes on you. Everyone's looking at the Celtics. Are they for real? And can they beat the Cavs? And before that could even start, when you're facing a Chicago Bulls team that a lot of people are giving a chance to make this a pretty deep series, as they should. And, of course, the Bulls prevailed in game one. And to have that tragic incident happen, and then to go out there and score 33 points 37 hours later, almost as many points as hours later as it happened, is pretty courageous, and it's an incredible story. Unfortunately, they did lose, but that's a moot point in this situation. All credit goes out to Isaiah Thomas for going out there to play, and there's multiple angles you look at this. First of all, you got to send thoughts and prayers to China Thomas passing away, the family of Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah himself, all that jazz. Um, there's a couple angles you look at this. One is... This is your it's your temple. It's it's basically your safe place. It's it's two two to three hours on that basketball court where you take your mind off of everything in life and focus on the game that is putting food on the table for your family. And I think that's what Isaiah was doing here. You saw prior to the game him crying on the bench and emo- just an emotional scene in Boston. And you look at it as yeah you could look at the fact of him not playing and saying, you know what, this is tragic. I mean, I'm picturing if my brother died, I would not be at work or, or doing a show for a couple of days, maybe a week, a family member dies. This guy did it the day after. And while you could say the, the court is your safe place, trying to keep your mind off of that while helping your team win a playoff game, it just sounds almost impossible. Charles Barkley took a different angle when I mean, it's typical Charles Barkley fashion. He said he was uncomfortable watching Isaiah Thomas playing one day after his sister's death. I'm not feeling comfortable with him sitting on the sideline crying like that. That makes me uncomfortable, so that tells me he's not in shape to play. I mean, I don't know how this night is going to turn out, but to be sitting on the sidelines a few minutes before the game crying, that just makes me uncomfortable for him. That's not... Not a good look for him, in my personal opinion. I mean, he's clearly devastated like we all would be if we lost a sibling, but sitting on the sideline right before the game, that makes me uncomfortable. I couldn't disagree more 
with Charles Barkley's opinion on this. And we know Charles Barkley likes to stir up all sorts of controversy um, in every sense of the word. And Shaq responded saying basketball is our sanctuary. It's our safe place. But that's a, just a terrible comment to make by Charles Barkley in this situation. This guy is overcoming something so tragic. And how are you going to say it makes you uncomfortable to see someone cry like that? I mean, Barkley thinks, hey, you shouldn't be playing. But how are you going to tell the face of a franchise right now, the guy who got this team to the one seed, a guy who is overlooked as an MVP candidate in Isaiah Thomas, how are you going to say, don't go out there and play? You shouldn't be crying. Don't show your emotions. Let the guy let it out. We're not talking about his aunt or uncle or a nephew. I mean, it's, it's all tragic, but we're talking about a immediate family member, sister. This is a really big deal. So for Barkley to make those comments is just uncalled for, and it's really not necessary. I mean, what does it matter if he's crying? So that angle I did not appreciate at all. But now Isaiah plans to play game two on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday will fly to Tacoma, Washington for the funeral Wednesday, where it seems like if the schedule allows it, the Celtics' whole team will go to the funeral, and then he'll be able to play in game three. And you look at this kind of similar to the Michigan basketball situation, the tournament, a moment bringing a team together, a tragic moment, a nearly tragic moment in the case of Michigan, where they're playing basically at a crash landing, but everyone survived, thank God. You look at this as maybe something that brings a team together. You don't want someone dying, but hopefully for the Celtics' sake, maybe something good could happen out of this. Uh, But, of course, they do lose game one. The other thing before we bring Jay Nog on here is, and Jay will comment on this as well, is I hated the fact in other playoff news here that Paul George, what he said after that game, if you missed it, Paul George was trapped, gave it to C.J. Miles. C.J. Miles took a pretty decent shot. He missed it at the buzzer. Cavs win 109-108. Paul George basically, after the game, said, I should have had that shot. I should have got the ball. A lot of me, of course, being the leader of the team, wants the last shot, wants the game to be decided by me. Me, 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 me. But at the same time... I've got to have trust for my teammates. CJ's been in that position in, in, uh, in the season where I need him to make a sh- big shot, and I've kicked it in, and he's made a big shot. I thought he had a good look, a very makeable shot for CJ, but I was selfish in the moment. I wanted that shot in that moment. Let me remind you that Paul George is 0 for 14 with under 20 seconds in games with a chance to win. 0 for 14. So in what right mind, Paul, should you get the ball back when you're being triple teamed on the perimeter, where you're going to take a terrible-looking shot that only, it seems like, a Russell Westbrook would make and think that you should have got that ball back. And that's this is one of those sentiments that I know Jay could speak to that draws people away from the NBA in certain points. The egos, the LeBrons demanding what players, what coach they want, wanting the ball and wanting $25, $30 million a year, all these things that go along with some of the egos that go around these NBA players. Paul George just emulated with one statement. No, you should not have gotten the ball. Get it to the open teammate. C.J. Miles is a very good shooter, and he's a quality NBA player. So for you to really hurt your team's chemistry going into game two against the defending NBA champions and 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 kind of draw bad blood with the guy that you're playing with in the backcourt that's going to be standing five feet away from you for the rest of this series... To do that after game one is unprofessional, uncalled for, unnecessary, whatever you want to say. It just wasn't needed by Paul George. You want to be selfish in that moment, you're a selfish player Is if, if you thought you should have got that ball back. You're the best player on the team. We all know that. But there's always this thing in the league where the best player has to take the last shot. Why not get the best shot? as the last shot. The best shot in that moment was C.J. Miles shooting an open 16-footer. It was not Paul George double-team making a 25-footer. And what stats, Paul, are going to tell you that you're clutch? The 0 for 14 in your career with a chance to win the game in the last 20 seconds? 
because that's clutch on Miles Davis. That's it's, it's an embarrassing stat. So Paul, pipe it down, because CJ Miles was clearly pissed, and he reacted that way. He said, "I did what I was supposed to." And if that doesn't tell you he's mad at Paul George, I don't know what does. I did what I was supposed to, he said. That's why I was on the floor. We want to get him the shot. There's no miscommunication about that. But that's just how the play went down. And I made the read I was supposed to make. Left it a little short. That's a professional answer. That's not a selfish answer. That's a, I was fairly open and I can make this shot. So shut up, Paul George. Because what have you won in your career? You ever been in the finals? No. You've been close when you made the conference finals. And you root for Paul George after that just horrific injury he had in the in the Olympics. But then you make comments like that, and, and you really dislike a player who's going to comment like that. This is the Jake Brown Show, played out at iTunes, Spotify. Whew, how to get that off my chest as we welcome in comedian Jay Nog, fellow Mets, Knicks, Jets fan. What's good, bro? What's going on, dude? I had to let that out. I, I mean, saw you getting heated over here. But do yes. you agree? I mean, that's a selfish moment for him. Well, first of all, his name is two first names. So you really, when you start out that way with two first names, you're already down a peg in my book, okay? And also, Paul George's been injured so much throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And then players get bad reps as it is, especially in the playoffs, where you want your team to come together in the playoffs. You're playing the Cavs, who have not played well at the end of the season, and LeBron's like, oh, we're getting the championship, when all the critics are like, you guys can maybe fall in the first round. If anything, bring your team together, dude. You lost by one point with LeBron talking like, I thought it was going to be a 15, 20-point blowout in that first game. And the Pacers kind of outplayed them. Like, they had the game. Yeah, one shot away. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And, And Paul George, keep your mouth shut and just do it on the court. Because, like you said before, he doesn't have any championships. 0 for 14 in buzzer beaters. So, dude, let someone else take that shot. You haven't made one. You can't even be like, remember that one time? You can't be, remember? I don't remember because you never hit a shot. You know, so it makes no sense. And uh, your ego got ahead of your skills on that one, dude. When I saw that stat, I was like, really? Like, what clutch shot have you made? And you can look at maybe he's made with over 20 seconds he made a shot, but what kind of, what's, that's not that clutch. You still leave 20 seconds. I mean, there's plenty of time on the clock. He's like, you did not include my middle school and high school stats yeah. on my buzzer beaters right yeah. there because I did hit four. You didn't include my ninth grade, like, eight-foot bu- buzzer beater. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> During sports night. You, yeah. never, you didn't include that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I mean, we liked Paul George, but, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a selfish move. Um, and the Pacers do lose game one uh, around the rest of the playoffs. Joe Johnson, man. I mean, the guy still got it. He hits a buzzer beater Saturday against the Clippers to win on the road for game one. And what an addition for the Jazz. We're talking about a young team, up-and-coming team, who maybe surprised people who were better than people thought this year. But adding that veteran piece, this is what he's here for. This, like, that's why they brought him in. Who's who's the guy who said... Uh, Who's the quote? He said, that's why I'm here. Oh, Paul Pierce, when he made that shot, he said, that's why they brought me here. Well, I think that's most important in basketball, Bring in vets for basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Knicks brought Kidd in, we had that run, remember? Yeah. Um, when you put a vet on a team, um, what the f- uh, uh, Ray Allen, when you brought him Ray to the Allen. Heat, yeah, that changed times, everything. Yeah. So, like, when you bring a vet player to a team for a playoff contending team, that could really change the whole dynamic of that team especially having a guy who's been there, done that. Yeah. And and Joe Johnson has made so many clutch shots in his career. He did with the Nets a lot. Um, and he did, does it again. And what a moment. The Jazz, I'm telling you, I did not think they would be this good this year. I thought they were better, and I thought they were improving and they're heading in the right right direction. But a one nothing lead on the Clippers, and what's wrong with the Clippers? Like, I mean, do you, is this after this year, do you burn the bridge and just start again? I mean, this team... The window is slowly getting smaller and smaller. It's closing. It's definitely closing. And with uh, all the super teams now, the three or four super teams in the NBA, mm-hmm. that's why the NBA is so boring, I feel. Yeah. It's just, I mean, if if the Warriors go versus the Cavs again, that would be three years in a row, the same finals. Mm-hmm. That is boring to a fan. And also, when you don't have uh, the Bulls, the Lakers, and the Knicks are good, 
it's boring. You need one of those teams, or at least two out of three of those teams, to be contenders and good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago's in the playoffs, okay, but Knicks, Lakers, rebuilding, fixed the draft this year, right? Had the Knicks get the number one pick, Lakers <sighs> get number two pick, and then it's exciting again. What were the most exciting times in the NBA? Back in the 90s, mm-hmm. right? When you had... Detroit, when you had the Lakers, when you had the Bulls, when you had the Knicks, those were rivalries. Yeah. There aren't any rivalries in there, and the rivalries are such, they're so soft. Mm-hmm. It's like the NBA also is so soft with inside and these technicals and everything like that. Like Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, none of those old school Knicks would ever be able to play in the NBA now because they fell out in the first quarter. They, yeah, they would fall out in the first quarter and then they'd hit with uh, nine technicals in the first four games and they wouldn't be able to play for three weeks. Yeah. And the NBA also is so soft inside. You cannot be uh, an enforcer anymore. Mm-hmm. There are no enforcers. That's why I, I think the NBA is just so boring. Um, the way the contracts are with the stacked teams, and literally there's like four or five teams that compete with each other, and everything else is like let's play for second, let's play for third. There's really four or five teams in the NBA every year playing for first. And you, and people say, oh, but in, in football, how about the Patriots? Are, Patriots are the only team in the last 10, 15 years that have been steady, consistent in football. There have been ups and downs for every other team in the NFL. And also in the NFL, um, the, the free agency where, where players go to different teams, you can't build a dynasty. And the Patriots have done it just because Bill Belichick is a freak and Kraft is the best owner in sports. And that's why it works. But when you don't have that, when you don't, that marriage comes around once in a lifetime. And I think for the competitive nature of the game, one thing definitely has to change, and they have to shorten the NBA regular season. I think oh, 82 sure. is too much. I agree. I think 62 is a good even. I think the Rockets GM recommended 30. I think that's a little too short. 30? No. I think 62 would be fair. 31 home and away. It would make a lot of these games that players sit out, like little little that, LeBron. That's the that's the most, most frustrating thing to me. I mean, first of if, all, if you said that to John Stockton and Carl Malone, yeah. or Magic or any of those guys, it'll laugh in your face. None of those guys. I don't understand what is 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 the schedule more excruciating than it was back in the nineties. It's. It, I, I'm going to use a, a new like a rap 2017 term here. It's bad and bougie 2017. Guys have become so egotistical and bougie and they need first class everything that playing all these games to them is work and strenuous meanwhile there's people working 80 hours a week to, yeah. to get food stamps you like, throw a ball into a hole and that's what you dream. do for a living that's yeah. what you do for a living and yeah. you get paid millions of dollars to do it and, and it's the funniest thing because I had an argument with this guy loser on Twitter and then he called me an internet radio host and even though he's like an internet blogger <laughs> I, I really didn't call him out but I forgot his name because he's so irrelevant his name's like Ben Dawson or something and he unfollowed me because I said I said stop crying LeBron about um about whatever he said, how he how he called that his teammates basically said we're not we're not tough enough. I said maybe you would be tough enough if you played some more games. And this guy goes to me, "Are you really hating on him? He's been through so much in his career and he plays so much. Am I supposed to feel for his knees? Am no. I supposed to feel worried about his future health and the fact that he won't be able to walk as well when he's eighty? No the one guy felt for Patrick 30... Ewing's knees. Yes, come on now. <laughs> The guy makes thirty plus million, and this loser on the internet wants me to feel bad for him for all the work that he's gone through his career. He plays in the freaking NBA. He's one of the richest men on the planet. Why am I supposed to say, "Oh, are you really gonna hate like you've never you don't play blah blah blah"? Yeah, I don't play. I also, don't make all that freaking money a year. Yeah. So this guy wants me to feel bad for him because he's played so many minutes and carried teams throughout his career. Wah wah wah! What sympathy should I show for that? Exactly, and that's why the whole Jordan Lebron argument. I can't stand. I mean, as a Knicks fan, you gotta hate Jordan because he killed so many years where you had a fantasy of winning it all and he just crushed dreams. But Jordan never complained and whined he was just a gamer yeah he might have gambled yeah he might have said some crappy stuff here and there but the dude never complained about being put in the game and he was put in the game he played the best basketball anyone's ever seen and that's it LeBron complains and whines and those faces he makes the rest you just want to slap him those yeah. little like grimaces and those whines like oh the world is falling down on me like give me a break dude and, and listen this and I'm going to transition because I want to talk about more crappy things people say a la Phil Jackson Um, (laughs) but the fact that we're saying this doesn't mean we don't respect his game and that he's great and all that and people want to say oh he's won all this why are you talking about I mean 
there's certain things about him, and it's not just him. We point at him because that's what comes out of the news. That's what everyone's talking about, and that's the guy who is sitting out these games. There are other players here and there sitting out games, but the Warriors sit out everyone. Yeah, but when you make comments, it just pisses me off. When you're saying your team isn't mentally tough, stop. You don't need to call people out when you're not even playing. Play 82 games and then say we're not tough and throw it on your shoulders as well. Right. Don't say we're not tough and you're sitting out 10 games. It, it just sounds like a bunch of baloney. So speaking of crappy things people say, we got to talk about Phil Jackson here. Um, again, Jay Noggs in the building. Make sure you check out Pater Payne. They will be in Atlantic City this weekend. Is it Saturday, Friday? Friday night, Atlantic City. And you next get tickets, Friday, Pater, New York Comedy Club. Yeah. Pater Payne, New York Comedy Club next week. Um and uh, follow him on Twitter at Jay Nog. Um, Phil Jackson, in what was a wild day of news on Friday, and so many people wanted to sweep things under the rug Friday, it was like, here it is, Friday afternoon, we'll forget about it by Monday. Uh, but now it is still kind of news because Carmelo Anthony and Lala are getting divorced. So that seems like a sign that maybe geographically they don't agree. Lala wants to stay here. Melo's about to leave. And I don't know who did what. It seems like Melo divorced with her, but we don't know the exact details. Um, maybe he said, hey, honey, I'm going to play somewhere else. She's like, hell no, I'm staying here. Because remember, she's a personality, too. She has a pretty good career. She makes a good amount of money. Uh, so she's got her own thing going as well. So maybe they thought, hey, she's like, let me find the next New York superstar. <laughs> and Christoph Porzingis comes sliding in the DMs. Uh, no, but um, Phil Jackson said basically – that Melo would be better off somewhere else. He said, "Is a player he, Carmelo Anthony is a player that would be better somewhere else." And a couple of, I mean, one good thing you like that he's candid and being honest. But to throw your best player under the rug like that after not speaking to the media since September, the guy has been under a rock all season. He hasn't talked to the media at all. Except for those blanket statements that we get from one of like his his reporter guys, um, where he you know he says oh maybe we should trade you know those statements that come out once every two months from Phil Jackson that are dumb or the tweets that come out once every month or two that are dumb. Um, now he says basically buy Mello is essentially what's happening. We'd be shocked to see Mello in the Knicks next year. Oh, right, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's thrown Melo under the bus a few times this year, but this time it was like the other times were like passive aggressive. This time it was aggressive aggressive. It was like calling him out, "Hey, dude, pack your bags, uh, return all your Knicks practice jerseys because you're going somewhere else." I mean, it was very aggressive. United Airlines thanked Phil Jackson that day because yeah. the pressure came off them. Oh, United! But uh, it was the thing is, Melo. We all know as a Knicks fan, Melo is a score. He's a score. That's all he is. Is he a winner? I mean, he did win with Cuse. He went to the Western Conference Finals. That's as far as he got with the Nuggets once. but Right, but he, he never won it, you know? And the thing is, I feel like Melo has to be in a certain system. Also, Phil Jackson, how about you take accountability one time? How about you say, you know, this is his second year. He's done nothing with the team. We've been losing more and more and more. Mm-hmm. He's been trying to basically do what the Yankees do by signing these names and trying to be like, but we got Rose and we got Noah and we got these names. You could take pictures of it after the game. Yeah, but they're not going to do anything on the court. Although you can't say that you did not think the Knicks on paper were a playoff team because I thought they were. This year I thought they were a playoff team. Yeah, and the and Cowboys the look like a Super Bowl team on paper every year too. You yeah. know, I mean, it's... Uh, That's why we play the games. Yeah, yeah you, you, you got to play the games. But the thing is that Phil Jackson, you came to the cursed... Dolan Knicks. That's what it is. You know, you have to work under a guy who uses the Knicks as a hobby versus what he really wants to be as a musician. Mm -hmm. So you never want to go into a system like that. Like I said before, the Patriots. Kraft is an awesome owner because he lives and dies for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And if you're an owner of a sports team, if you don't live and die for your sports team 24-7, you're not a good owner. And you can see that with the Knicks. The, the Knicks, uh, there was a, what was a stat? Did you put that up on Facebook? It said the most playoff wins since 2000-something, and it was like six, and then it said Seattle Supersonics, six. So they've won the same amount of playoff games since the Supersonics. I didn't put that, but yeah. So, and I was, you just, yeah. You're seeing the Supersonics. They've won as many playoff games in the last whatever years. And that just, you can't buy 
in the NBA, you have five guys on the court and you need chemistry. The most in the NBA, you need chemistry. Mm -hmm. And if you, you can't just put guys who were great four years ago, uh, coming off injuries, he's a name. I mean, Rose. And a, and a recent rookie who was good but still had lots of room to grow. You're right. There were definitely a lot of different pieces that might have worked four or five years ago. If you put Melo with Rose and Noah four or five years ago, we're looking at Maybe, a, a yeah. team that's playing tonight. Um, but you're right. You, you have, but you Chris Stapps, and, Hernando Gomez, that, those, those are your two Knicks future right there. Those two Hernan guys, Gomez, those are your yeah. future. I wouldn't say Hernan Gomez is the future. I'm telling you, he's the he's like I'm he's like the David Lee that we had. You know, the guy who's yeah, gonna put I up love David Lee. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna put up a double double every single game for you. Ten rebounds, ten points every single game. And then you need you need hopefully, like I said before, fix the draft, get the kid from UCLA or get the kid from Washington. Yeah. And uh we have a, a point guard for years to come, and then Chris Dapps can actually play with someone and gel with someone. No one's gelling with Mello. His wife can't even gel with him, you know? <laughs> yep. Uh we're gonna wrap up on Facebook Live here. Uh, catch the entire interview tomorrow. Peace, Facebook. Um, 80 and 166 for Phil Jackson in his three seasons at the helm. Now, we can't point all fingers at him, but when teams are losing, the roster's in flux, you start with the GM. You start with the guy running the show. You start with the guy who is making $12 million a year to be a GM and not speak all season. So Phil's got to get the blame. And he's brought this triangle upon him these guys and it's led to frustration to your superstar Porzingis who basically he didn't go to the exit meetings because of the dysfunction and drama he decided not to show up that's a bad sign when the guy who's about to be your new star is not showing up to these meetings because he's pissed and he's got one more year and then contract year yep and players uh, Woj has said players are privately fuming that they want no part of the organization's summer slate of triangle offense at the team suburban New York practice facility um, yeah, that that triangle is just let's just play basketball. Yeah, like, forget the dance triangle. It. Just ex we've been hearing about it for two years. It's not going to work, dude. Mm -hmm. Just let's try something else. I mean, the thing is, Chris Stapps is a great centerpiece for the Knicks organization. Let's build around him. I know it's not a big man's game anymore, but who cares? You have a guy who can shoot on the outside. He's basically a, a bigger. Hopefully, will turn into a bigger, better Dirk Nowitzki. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. That's what you're hoping he turns into. And that's uh, that's a stretch. I don't think that's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen? Not Dirk. I mean, Dirk is a legend. I'm just saying, a, a big man who can shoot from the outside and play inside. He's got room to grow. I, I don't think he improved as much as we hoped this year. I think he showed signs. You don't and think Melo stunted him a little bit? I think that could be a possibility, and I think we need a we need to see a lot more from Chris Kristaps. Yeah, he's got to take the last shots. What is Phil going to do though? Here, it's like you get someone to the job, but you have so many moving pieces, and you you really got to get Rose. And the thing is, you're stuck with Noah, who's now out for six months with surgery, and that signing just looks like a disaster. Those kind of moves where you say, "Really, Phil?" Like at the time, Noah, I wasn't mad about it. But when you think about it in the long run, that four-year, $72 million. Right. You pay too much for a guy who's injury-prone. $54 million for three more years now. And he's over the hill. Yeah. And only, no one's going to trade for him, no. so you're going to drop him and take a cap hit, just like with Melo now, which... That's, yeah, Melo, who I, wants it? Who's going to release? They may re have to release him. And the fact that you have to release a guy when you maybe could have got a first-round pick out of it is so depressing because the guy is the face of the team. You take off the face of the team and take the money, you're left... With crap at Madison Square Garden, that people are still going to go and still show up, and that again is another issue that with the is Knicks. That is so frustrating. My uh, my wife uh, got tickets to a Knicks game. She's like, "You want to go?" And I'm like, "Sure." It was like uh, one of the last games. They played really well that game. They won. Um, it was a rarity. Like, yeah. yeah, and they they played very well. It was one of the last games of the season, but it's filled. It's, it's filled. Yeah. And, and you have these, it's just angry people paying a lot of money to boo. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Why? It's angry people. It's businesses that continue to have these season tickets and these relationships. And it leaves you thinking, no wonder why James Dolan doesn't care about Anthony Mason. Or not Anthony Mason. Um, Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley. And has made statements. He, he cursed out someone outside the arena a couple weeks ago. You see why he treats fans bad because he doesn't care because they keep coming and coming and yeah, coming. That's it. The Nets wouldn't get away with this because the fans don't keep coming and coming and coming. Oakley was the most fight I've seen under the Knicks all year. Yeah, that's what everyone said. Yeah.
That's it. Pathetic. Oh man, the Knicks. I mean, we could talk about the Knicks for hours, but I, I think the thing <laughs> is, it's time to start fresh. And I think Phil made that the point it, by making that statement. Everyone knew it would be trending on Twitter as soon as he said it, which is what it was. But um, you can't even clean house. But how do you clean house here? It's like the only way you really could truly, truly clean house and have a chance at a bright future is if someone takes all that money from Melo and the Knicks are not going to get any team to do that. I have a feeling they're going to have to pay a good portion if they do trade them. They're going to pay or they're going to take a bunch of guys who they don't want and we're going to be stuck with some dudes just sitting on the bench. Aspiring contract. Exactly. Yeah, next year is probably going to be a total rebuild. And it's sad because you thought that this is the year they start turning the corner and becoming a playoff team. And as we said on paper, they look like one. And... 31 but 51 later it's it's uh it's the next soap opera coming on msg it's a new soap opera series that's what they should call it they should play with the music <laughs> they should do or, a hard knocks but yeah, of the knicks yeah or have the bold and the beautiful like theme music playing like during the games and uh it's it's a disaster being a knicks fan and um it's also a disaster being a jets fan as the it, draft approaches it, it is but the draft uh what do we got i think we got four four picks in the first three rounds i think who, who, we have who do you take one, here? One, two, I mean, three, four. We have five. Yeah, we have uh, one first. We have the sixth, the 39th, the 70th, and the 107th. So uh, four picks in the first three rounds. Um, I'll tell you my mindset, and then I'll see what you think. I want Deshaun Watson with the sixth pick, or if you get him lower, get him. I think you kind of need to pick a quarterback here. I don't, I don't think they have one on the roster. I don't think Bryce Petty's the guy. McCown should not start this year. I do think they should rebuild, and we talked about this at the NYCFC game. I think they're going to probably finish two and fourteen, three and thirteen. But I'd I'd rather see that with a new rookie than see it with McCown. Despite my mom tutoring Josh McCown's daughter and uh, <laughs> helping put food on the table, but she actually saw him at the mall in Charlotte a couple weeks ago. She had no idea that he signed uh. with the Jets. Um, but. I don't think Trubisky is just ready. I think the guys played so little, and I have a gut feeling that they're going to pick him, and it's going to be so disappointing. Watson's won a title. I know he turned the ball over a decent amount at Clemson, but he has the ability to run, to throw. He's a winner. He's he's older. I like Watson, and I think he had a great combine as well. So I'm taking Watson with the six, unless they could get him maybe at like 15 if they trade down. See, I'm not sold on any quarterback in this draft. I can go without a quarterbacks in this draft. The North Carolina kid has Mark Sanchez written all over it again. The kid's played one college year. He played well. That same thing they said about Sanchez. And look where Sanchez is. He's sitting on the bench somewhere right now. I mean, where is he, in Dallas? I don't even know where he is right now. He, I mean, he's a free agent. Yeah, I think. He so he's a free agent. He was in Dallas, yeah. Um, I say stay away from quarterbacks because if – if there's a shoeing quarterback, like when Jameis Winston came out and Mariota came out, it was like grab the quarterbacks at one and two. And if people are like, I don't know, you might want to grab a pass rusher at one instead of the quarterback, there's no one sold on these quarterbacks. If these quarterbacks do well, it's going to be like a Dak Prescott kind of thing where it's going to be, oh my God, I didn't think that guy was going to be that great. The Jets, we need secondary, we need corners, we need safeties, we need O-line, we need a tight end. That's what we should grab at, a running back if possible. I mean, uh, I was reading before that they had this mock draft. They said they have us uh, taking the safety out of uh, Ohio State, that guy Hooker. Um, they Malik have us taking Hooker, uh, yeah. uh, the cornerback out of UCLA, the tight end out of uh, Virginia Tech, the running back out of Oklahoma. I like that. Howard, a tight end Alabama, I'm reading is. Yeah, but Howard's going to go maybe top 10. He might go. Do you uh, pick top a tight pick. end that early, though? I, the Jets have, haven't had a good tight end since Dustin Kellen. No, he we, wasn't don't, that good. We, don't, we don't pick him. We, don't, we, don't, we stay away from him. We pick a sure um, corner. Uh, who's the the cornerback from Ohio State? Uh, Latimer is that his name? Um, either Mark, cor- Marshawn Latimer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cor- cornerback. Out of, I don't he, know if he'll go that high though. He, Adams, the safety, is realistic. I'm looking. I think a corner or a safety in our, our first pick. I'll take that. I, I know they're second. I don't know. I think you got to go offense. I don't. I just think. Let's this, let's this, sit this uh, year with McCown, right? And let uh, – P- Petty is not the answer. You saw him play last year. 
Um, He's more of an answer than Hackenberg. Hackenberg well, was Hackenberg, one of the worst Jets draft picks of all time. We think. Let's put him on the field, have him fail, and then get rid of him. They didn't put him on the field last year when they sucked. I know. But let's see Which what, makes you think he must be, as they've said, a middle school quarterback. Or, I mean, the Jets uh, aren't a highly touted organization saying, oh, we can spot talent, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's bad. You know, especially with, like, the signing of Revis after, you know, it's like the Patriots let someone go. You do not sign that person again. Yeah, right? That's just the way it is. It's it's yeah. like the rule of New Patriots England. All, yeah. You don't do that. Um, I say we – let's let's go 3-13 and 13 this year. Let's build up our defense a little bit. Let these young receivers get reps. But and you, then next year we take the kid from USC. So you play McCown until, like – you're out of it and then play Petty? Is that like, well, you, what's the no, game approach? Play, I say you play McCown a little bit, and if Hackenberg can actually play in the NFL and get some reps, throw him to the fire, see if you have something. And if you don't have something, you know, next year you're drafting a quarterback at number one no matter what, and you already have a surrounding cast from the year before where you're just throwing a couple, few, a few people. We need a number one receiver and that running back. But in my We're going to build the defense you're, you're, up this you're year. You're stunting, you're delaying the inevitable, inevitable you're delaying the rebuild by waiting another year to get a quarterback. But I do think you really you think one of the quarterbacks year, in this draft are the answer? I like Watson, honestly. I'm a big Watson fan. I think the fact that you play the, your basically your entire college career and you win a championship says something. If you're a winner like that, it says something. It does, but Tebow was a winner too, and now he's playing for the Mets. So Yeah, but T, uh, Tebow is a different kind of player in terms of how he played the game. I could see with the Watson naysayers, but I just think he's he's going to be good if he has a good surrounding cast. Coming off a national championship shows you that he has a winning pedigree. I see Watson being like another Vince Young for some reason. I was I was I, I liked him, and then if he's that great, all these scouts who pick these guys to come out. They're really never that wrong about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at last year, Goff. That kid didn't play it down. And he was chosen before uh, what's his name from South Dakota, and he Wentz, yeah. yeah Wentz and he played great for Philly. I, I just think if we're going to take a quarterback, um, it was also his rookie year. You know, you got to give him a break his rookie year. Goff looked terrible, but the Goff was awful, and he was picked. You know, before him. So if we're going to take a quarterback, if Watson slips to the second round. I'd be he fine won't. taking Watson in the second round. I'd be fine taking the kid from Texas Tech in the second round. I'd be fine taking the kid from Notre Dame in the second that's round. A, that's what I'll I've take heard, too. in the second round. That Texas first Tech round kid now. is solid. If you could trade down and get him and package in more picks and just keep building up those picks. You said, what, they have five picks in the first they, two rounds? They have uh, three rounds. four in the first three rounds. Yeah. So if you could just keep packaging more and still get the Texas – Mahomes is going to be good. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken – is represented by Lee Steinberg. He's a the big super kid. Agent. He's a he's a re, he's a big kid. Yeah. So he I'm that I would be down for as long as they could get a quarterback this year. I know you think they shouldn't, but I think you need one that's a better prospect than Petty and Hackenberg. They need to realize that they screwed up on both of those. I think also last year with them taking Hackenberg when the second round, I really after after that disaster, I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback again mm-hmm. and be up for that failure. Because I know, like, uh, there's been studies done where if you pick a quarterback as your first pick in a top ten pick, that could possibly put your franchise back anywhere from like two to four years. Because then you got to test this guy. You know he's not good. You have all that money invested in him, and then you got to get another quarterback. Yeah. And, and this and, and this league, I mean, everyone's it, it's a quarterback league. We got every team that made the playoffs last year. This is not the t- uh, the Baltimore Ravens of 2001, where you can have um, a journeyman sitting behind uh, center and just say, okay, just don't throw more than two picks. You know, it, it's not it's not the NFL anymore. You need a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You're not winning. Do you think the Browns picked Trubisky one? Be foolish. I think you got to take Garrett. Uh, you, you got to take Garrett. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that kid is 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 the real deal. I mean, if there's so many mixed things about him, you're not a number one pick. Mm-hmm. You're not. Every number one pick quarterbacks in the last few years, except for uh, Goff, have panned out to. 
to hopefully be their starters for the next 10, 15 years. The Jets has n- have never had a franchise quarterback. The closest we had a franchise quarterback was Vinny T and Chad Pennington, but those are not franchise quarterbacks. We've never had a quarterback play on our team for 10 to 12 years. Never. If Leonard Fournette somehow does fall, which I don't take think he will. Take him a number six. You got, we got to take the best player available who's mm-hmm. not a quarterback. If Fournette is there... Oh my God! Take him, dude. Yeah, I think because then go to the actually McCown so, well. McCown might have some time to throw the ball because they're comparing that kid to like a Adrian Peterson 2.0. Yeah, and I think he'll go to the Jaguars. But if he does miraculously fall, I do take him because he we saw shades of him in college where he looks like a Pro Bowler. Oh, beast! So, all right. So, gun in your head now. Who do you want? Slash, who do you think uh, the Jets take at six? Uh, take at six. Uh, if I had to say right now, Lattimore, cornerback out of Ohio State. That's it, what I'd say. It, there's a chance he's gone. They're saying he may go top five. He's gone. Who if he's gone, uh, the next, the the first ranked safety in the draft, Jamal Adams, yeah. LSU. Yeah. All right. So you're going either corner or we need safety. secondary. We we got we got torched they last year. Everyone, yeah. We had the most, I think, forty yard completions versus us last year. It was like if you throw it up. It's going to be a catch, and will he catch it and have yak yards after? That was the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got killed last year, and our secondary is soft. Revis shouldn't have been on the field last year. It was like he was earning a paycheck as someone who was already retired. Uh, I mean, the dude's a smart businessman, and he, he's played great for the Jets early in his career. But we have no secondary. I think Marcus Williams is our number one corner. Yeah, That is sad. Yeah, Gilchrist they- overrated. Um, you yeah, got Terrell Pryor. I like Terrell Pryor, but Terrell Pryor is not Calvin. Ga- Calvin. Calvin. Why do you keep Terrell? Terrell's the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Calvin Receiver Pryor. Now. Yeah, uh, that's Receiver right. Receiver. Yeah. I got him in fantasy last year at the end. He did uh, put up numbers for me. Yeah. Um, but Calvin Pryor is not a guy who is a uh, a Richard Sherman who's going to run a defense by himself. Everyone said he's a hard hitting guy, and I yeah. mean, we didn't see too much of that last year. Yeah, I mean, but it's hard when when he's worried about guys catching the ball all the time when you have yeah. no secondary. Uh, did you hear this rumor? I heard a rumor of, would you do this Richard Sherman for Richardson straight up? Yes. I do that I do that in a second. I just think Richardson's too much of a troublemaker. I don't think he has the work ethic that he should have, and he's already he gone might in be, trouble. He might be gone in a package in the draft. Yeah. I would get rid of him for more draft picks for sure. I don't like him. We have I, Leonard I Williams. I for Sherman straight up. Like I think that's a fair deal for both sides. Yeah, you get it's a pro bowler for a pro bowler. If they said, we want Mo Wilkerson, you say no. Nah. Yeah, I say no. Mo and, and Leonard Williams. I mean, Leonard Williams, I, my, I think he might be the best defensive lineman in the NFL next year. They don't need Sheldon Richardson. And no. I think if that deal is on the table, you have to do it in a heartbeat. We have too many uh, defensive linemen. That's the one thing. And I feel like our linebackers from the draft last year, they're going to come into their own, and we'll be fine up front. It's our secondary that worries me. And we'll have a good defense next year if we draft. Our offense, we're going to have to build on. That's fine. Like I said before, I'll take a 3-13 and year. Let's grab the USC kid. We'll have a quarterback for 15 years. And then people, when you say Jets, they won't laugh as their first reaction. But we know they will for the next 15 years anyway. Until we're just talking about what should happen, what could happen, what we hope, and it won't. Um, But I do think... That if that deal is on the table, you do it. It depends when that happens. If it happens for the draft, maybe they do go pick a quarterback with six or they trade down and get a quarterback because if you get a quarterback, which you said you wanted Lattimore, I don't know if they'll get another quarterback by picking one. Maybe they take the safety then too. But I don't think that deal happens, but I would love it. Let's hope. Yeah. Because Sherman, I mean, of all the things he's done and everything off the field, he is a good player. I'll take him. Yeah. He's a he's a great corner and in New York, oh man, New York would eat that dude up. Yeah. He talks. He'd have his he own hits. show. He's oh like, yeah, he would uh He'd be hosting a play dot it here with me and Taz. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Give him big money. Yeah. Sign him up Entercom when uh the time comes. Were you mad that Brandon Marshall went to the Giants? No, cuz I root for the Giants as well. I like the Giants. So I'm happy he stayed in New York. I'm glad he didn't go anywhere else so I could still root for him where if he went to the Patriots, I would be furious. Yeah, I like that he's staying. I, I love Marshall. I think he's a good personality. I think he's a good player, and I hope he wins with the Giants. Are yeah. you a guy that hates the Giants? Or are you like a? Uh, I'm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't root for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't. I'm want, a rare breed. I don't want the Giants to do well. You don't like no. when people on your Facebook feed and Giants fans. I just have a lot of friends and, who are Giants fans, yeah, and they yeah. and they, the way they talk about Beckham. Uh, I thought he cured cancer. You know, this past year. Uh, I just hate how Giants fans arguing with Giants fans are like kind of like arguing with Patriots fans over cheating. It's like they're never ever to be like, yeah, it, it's kind of weird that we're the only team in the NFL to be um, accused of cheating twice. You know, yeah, New Orleans got the whole uh, when they were putting uh, bounties on people. But you know what? I don't know how bad for the game that is. But, you know, you want your team to hit hard. But as as far as uh, arguing with Giants fans and you call Beckham like a wuss or a baby, you know, what do you mean? He's the greatest player. Did you did you see him take down the net and then head? I don't know. All Giants fans like that. I think a lot of people have grown tired of his act. I, I don't think they should trade him. I think he just needs no, to mature. Not trade him. I no. think Brandon Marshall on the team will will, will be good for they're him. They're stacked. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean Shepard. I think Shepherd, he's a future number one in my opinion. That Shepard as your three, and then they who's their four? They still they have. Um, yeah, let's check the Giants depth chart. But they, I mean, one through three, that's the best one. That's two, the best three, receiving, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, also you're hoping for the Jets that Nunua, I mean, he's going to be the number one this year. Yeah. So can he step up? The kid's got, he's got a body. He uses it. He's a. He's a Dwayne he's, Harris, sorry. Dwayne Harris, fourth. yeah. And he's a speedster. Yeah. Um, But for the for the Jets, I mean, receivers, you got a lot of young kids and a lot of unproving uh, a lot of unproven kids out there, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, not having a true number one, it's like the back when we had Decker as our number one. Mm-hmm. Actually, Decker is going to be our number one. He is right now. Yeah. Decker and Anunwa and what Robbie or uh, Robbie Anderson, who's trying to fight for a contract. The guy that that showed spurts last. Well, you know, year. he's working out with on the off season. I saw on Twitter he's working out with Ocho Cinco. Yeah, and he just got a new agent. He just switched agents. He, the kid's got to put on weight. The, mm-hmm. He's like a, he's a buck no fifty wet. I mean, that, yeah. whenever like the wind blew, he caught a pass and fell down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that he's got to. If you want to be a small guy, you got to be resilient like Wes Welker and be able to run through some guys and mm-hmm. at least go forward. Yeah. But uh, should be an interesting draft. I'm just As hoping always. no quarterback. No. I know you want a quarterback. I don't want a quarterback. I just think anything is better than what they have on paper. I'm just glad Geno's gone. I hate that Geno went to the Giants. I hate that if Eli gets hurt, we have to watch more Geno in that stadium. Uh, I um, can't wait for that. Eli Manning should wear a jaw protector at all times if he's around Geno. Eli Manning should go on the field with a suit of armor to make sure he does not get hurt. What do you think of the whole – I haven't really read too much into it because I just – kind of bs but the whole memorabilia thing with eli uh he looks guilty he yeah. looks pretty guilty i mean uh just cop to it cop to it honest i mean if the i don't think the nfl should suspend him for this and there's a chance that he might i think eli if it happened needs to fess up and just give the whatever whoever it is the memorabilia that they want to need i think he you pay a hefty fine maybe half million million whatever I don't think a memorabilia thing should affect him playing on the field. I you just should don't make think a collect that's right. call to OJ and get some advice, you know? <laughs> OJ. He'll be out of jail potentially when the Giants season starts. That's right. He's out for parole this summer. Um, how about that? I mean, OJ might be in the streets this year just chilling. Um, I would have him on the show. Definitely. Oh, yeah. You got to talk with him. I mean, he, I mean, he paid his dues for one crime, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it ama- it's still amazing when you look back at that and the fact that he got away. I mean, it, it, it's it, it, so it, obvious that it he is, did it. It's it is nuts. crazy, but that's the messed up judicial system in the United States of America. Like, uh, I mean, and we can go off topic here, but all these, all these young rich kids who are in college who uh, get arrested for rape, and then what do they get? Uh, 20 hours community service because he's too pretty to be in jail. Mm-hmm. Oh, so your daddy has millions. That's what that means. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, with, with the players, um, I mean, you make so much money. There's no need to do that with memorabilia. There's no mm-hmm. need. And you're a Manning. You're like, uh, and of all people, Eli, like just the quiet, like, hey, I'm Eli. Like, yeah. how does this happen? And the fact that he's suspended makes you worry that Geno Smith may start week one. Yeah, I might buy Giants tickets if that happens. Let me just tell you. That's right. That would be... uh, That's painful to think about. 
Geno, Geno Smith, Patrick, even in yeah. a Giants uniform, I can't see. It Geno Smith in a football uniform, nah. I don't want to see. He's trash. <laughs> he's so bad and he's so dumb. His football IQ is like negative seven. He just makes the worst decisions out he there. He looks so good in college, though. I know. He was all right in college. But please, Eli, for the sake of Geno Smith, do not get suspended. Uh, I hope the NFL doesn't do that. Jay Nog is in studio, the comedian. Follow him on Twitter. J-A-Y-N-O-G, and check out Paid or Pain. I've seen the show now. Got like 10 minutes left in the show here. Basically, you have comedians on stage. If they're good, they get $50. If they're not, they get like spanked by a dominatrix like 10 times or something. That's right. You get paid or you get pain for your comedy. Because I'm sure it? you've been to comedy shows where you're like, oh, you're torturing me with these jokes. I wish I can torture you right back. And in this show, you can. What is it? They spank them ten times. Like what is it? Oh well, there's different tortures. We have a we have a electrocution now. We have electric shock therapy now. Mm-hmm. We have uh, hot wax. Mm-hmm. We have some flogging. We have paddling. We usually have uh, humiliation where there's like a dog collar and uh, being walked around the audience and having to eat out of a bowl and stuff like that. Um, there's nipple clamps. It depends on the dominatrix. Uh, they bring different tortures. And uh, we have uh, you know, a, a headliner open up the show always, the one at New York Comedy with Anthony DeVito, who uh, just uh, he's shooting his half-hour special for Comedy Central this week. So he's going to be on there. And our judges uh, for New York Comedy Club is uh, John Moses and uh, Shuli Agar from the Howard Stern Show. Mm-hmm. And the judges uh, give feedback on the comics. And then ultimately the audience decides based on the feedback, based on what they saw on the set, and they vote. Uh, by making noise, either paid or pain. And uh, it's a good time. Dominatrix on the show. We do giveaways. We play games with the crowd. Um, just one big, giant comedy party. I was there for the cream of the crop when Lisa Ann was, was Yeah, Lisa lady. Ann was my co-host for almost a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, was, uh, she was definitely fun to work with. But, you know, everyone gets very busy and schedules don't work out. So I uh, actually spoke to her a couple weeks ago. She's doing well and doing her fantasy shows and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I just host it myself now. And then the judges, whoever the judges are, uh, chime in and help me out. It's definitely an interesting show. I remember a couple of the prizes my ex-co-host was given at Lisa and I think it was a dildo or something. Oh, it was uh, her Fleshlight. Fleshlight, yeah. yeah. Fleshlight, yes. That's when we uh, Fleshlight was sponsoring. So that was... Uh, sure, he made good use of that. Many Fleshlights, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely check out that show. And use a uh, use a uh, pain uh, pain for discounted tickets. If you go on uh, paydirpain.com, click on the date you want and want, and then uh, for the discount code, put in pain and you will save five dollars on a ticket. Look at that yeah. promo work. Hooking you guys up. Um, about five ten minutes left in the show. Back to the NBA playoffs here, circling back because there's a couple series that we didn't discuss, and the fact that the Spurs and the Grizzlies. I mean, usually you think the Grizzlies would put up a fight, but the Spurs are just too good and they won by 29 and i see them potentially sweeping maybe a five game series i mean the spurs will be right there with the warriors in the western conference finals i think the spurs might come out of the i think the spurs are going to come out of the west yeah i mean kyrie leonard an underrated mvp candidate didn't have the same numbers but what he did not just offensively defensively that's a two-way player and that's something you can't really teach anymore. It's like you don't see many guys who are two-way players like Kyrie Leonard. Is. And no one talks about it because these Spurs. The Spurs are boring. like the Patriots of the NBA. Yeah. They're always good. They're always competing every single year. And they're like the Cardinals. Like yeah. there's a constant winner. Um, the Warriors, the Trailblazers were close. That was a very good game until late when, again, the Warriors pull away. The key for the Warriors here, I, I I don't think they could have long series because we saw them that hurt them in the finals last year. I think they need to try and finish these. I think they'll win the series at five, but if it goes six or seven, you're tiring these guys out who've played all year. You're tiring out Kevin Durant, who has had the knee injury, leg injury. They need to finish these series quick and get as much rest as possible if they want a chance to really go another deep run. Because you know how taxing this is going through late June? What is it? Late June they go it's now? It's the longest playoffs it's, ever. It ends like days before the draft, really. It's over, then it's like, the oh, NBA look, it's the like draft. the Ten Commandments. Such a long, yeah. long, long, just boring. It, I think it's got to be 62. They got to cut uh, 20 games off and make the playoffs maybe a little bit earlier. Um, I just hate seeing guys rest like this. I think the MVP battle is interesting, and we'll debate this. I said last week in the show, and we had callers. The callers said Westbrook. I say Harden. I just think Harden transforming into a point guard, leading the league in assists, and leading the Rockets, who were not expected to be the third best team in the NBA, to do that 
You could say Mike D'Antoni and that system's work, but Mike D'Antoni has never been a great coach. He was <laughs> all right true, with the yeah. Suns, but he he made them look incredible this year. So that's why I picked Harden. I understand the Westbrook. I mean, 42 triple-doubles, NBA record. Taking a Thunder team that's supporting Cavs wasn't that good even in the playoffs is remarkable in its own set. He put the whole team on his back. Do you think that this series should play a part on who? Do you think if the Rockets sweep here and Westbrook gets completely outplayed, you give no. it to Harden? Okay. I don't you think don't. so. I th- I think it's it's based on the regular season. What you do in the regular season it was based on playoffs too. Then you make the requirements based on playoffs too. But regular season, I don't know how you don't give it to Westbrook. I mean, Harden, awesome, awesome year, fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to co-MVP. I don't think I'd be opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't but, think they would do that. But. Yeah, but if you have to pick one, I mean, the triple doubles and without Westbrook, I mean, that team literally wins 10 to 15 games. Yeah. I think he'll get it, and but I would still vote uh, for Harden. Yeah, right. I I don't think they're gonna let this series play a factor in that because you can't overcome. You can't look at seven games or four games, five, six, seven. Right to overrule uh, over eighty-two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clippers Jazz. I think it's gonna go deep, and I think if Joe Johnson has more shots like that in his repertoire, they could potentially win that series. I just think the Clippers' experience is gonna be too much for the Jazz because Joe Johnson's one player. Also, Rudy Gobert will be out for Game Two, which is a huge loss uh, for them in the front court. Celtics Bulls, I think, could go all seven. And the Isaiah Thomas, the tragic Celtics death could seven. be four. Celtics and seven. It could be for them or it could go against them. It could be like, can he overcome this? Um, I mean, scoring 33 points would think he could. Uh, or will it rise them to the top? So I think you're right. I think if this could go seven and don't overlook the Bulls. I mean, you have Dwayne Wade in the playoffs. Yeah. He knows it very well. Also, the whole Charles Barkley we were talking about before. I mean... I feel like Charles Balky just has to open his mouth every single time. doesn't even matter what it is. He'll just take the opposite stance on something. Mm-hmm. But how you can rip into a player who just lost his sister within 24 hours and is playing in an NBA playoff game, there should be no negativity whatsoever. How you feel about what his mindset is, it doesn't matter how you Keep feel about it. Keep it yourself. Yeah. yeah, if this guy is going out on the court and he's doing this for himself, his family, his team, his sister, whatever he's doing it for – who cares what it is? If he is if he's prepared, he's a professional athlete. Just like if a doctor was gonna do surgery and he had something happen in his life, they would not do the surgery if he didn't feel comfortable performing the surgery. So if he felt comfortable playing the basketball game, he's gonna play the game. That's what he does for a living. And, and like you said before, it. it's an escape. Yeah. You're 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 playing, you know, to get out all that aggression, to get out all those feelings. That's how you do it. Like for stand-up, if I'm in a bad mood or something bad happened in my life, it's not like I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do shows tonight. Mm-hmm. No, you go out and do shows and you take that energy and you harness it and you use it for the good. And if your mind's not there, you don't have a, a good set. You don't have a good set. But you got to go out there and try. Imagine he didn't go out there and try. People would be like, you know, there'd be critics. Everyone just wants to talk. I don't know if I would criticize it. I think either way. You don't think I, someone would say like. For one, if he did it for a couple games, then you have people. But I think the fact that it would be one game, I wouldn't say it's the end of the world. Um, you could see both sides. There'll be know. one. There'll be one person. There'll be yeah. I mean, who thought Charles right. Bucket would say it, that? And it's the no inter- sh- internet. There will be people on the internet, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, who have no souls, but yeah. <laughs> that's right. No <laughs> souls um, and and a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That series just got a whole lot more interesting. The Cavs and Pace is going to be a little more interesting than we thought. I mean, again, we talked about it. CJ Miles makes that open shot. It's one nothing Pacers, and they have home court. And it takes a complete turn. Cavs will still win it, but could go five or six. Um, Raptors, Bucks. The Bucks just go in there and crush Toronto in game one. And they're young. I mean, Giannis, I mean, I can't even say it. And Mike Francesa tried to say it and just sounded lost. Ante Tecupo or whatever. Uh, oh, the the Greek guy? The Greek year? god, yeah. He uh, he threw down. I don't know how he does it. He looks like a pole. You know, yeah. he is so skinny. That kid guy puts on weight. Yeah. Woo! They're dangerous, man. Um in this series, I think the Raptors a little bit overrated. Honestly, I think the Bucks have a shot to win this thing. This could go all seven. Wizards Hawks. I think the Wizards are going to make this slight work, and it's because of John Wall and what he did. I think he had thirty-four and fourteen, just fourteen and twenty-four from the twelve and twenty-four in the field. I mean, he was incredible. And I think the Wizards are that sleeper team that you we think looked they at take in the out East. The Cavs? They could take him to seven. I don't know if they win. I mean, it's so hard to read the Cavs because. 
you think, oh, they're struggling the last two months. They're, they've been banged up. There's a lot of things wrong in the locker room. But then you say LeBron James. And you say the guy's been to six straight NBA finals. So it's really hard to doubt them. I think it ends this year. If there's a year for it to end, it's this yeah. year for sure. Um, but I think the Wizards will make that series pretty easily uh, I'm done. Just, I'm just hoping for no, uh, no, no rematch. Have two different teams. I think it will be. Make That's, it exciting. I'm going with the chalk. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Well, it's shaping up to be a good playoff so far. We had a couple of good game ones. I mean, the fact that the Bucks won, um, that the Jazz won at the buzzer, uh, that the eight seed beat a one seed makes makes this first round pretty interesting. And the and Pacers I'm, game was one point, so yeah, we'll yeah, see what happens. They were all good. And uh, on that note, um, I'm going to go watch this game right now there as the playoffs go. are on. You were at the New York Comedy Club. Good luck That's at your right. show. Going to we're going to wrap it up. Again, Jay Nog, follow him on Twitter. Check out Peter Payne. Worst joke that you ever told? Worst joke or a joke that I'm embarrassed of now being like years in? Yeah, that I I would say what I'm embarrassed about is that when I first started out, I used to do a Jewish Jamaican rap on stage, <laughs> where I would take out a towel, I would have props, and I would put a yarmulke on, and I would put um, I, I think it was a, a dreaded wig with a yarmulke on it and a talus, and I would have I would do a Jewish Jamaican rap song. I think I'm that I'm most embarrassed about that, and I will look for the tape when I get home. And if I find it, I will throw it online. <laughs> yeah, and we will t- gladly tweet that out there because that is embarrassing. And on that note, Jay, uh, appreciate you coming in, man. Dude, Thanks. thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.